This is GKW. Welcome to another edition of Good Karma Wrestling. I'm Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me, as always, from ESPN West Palm, he is Brian Rowitz. Catch him on ESPN 1000 down in Chicago. He is Jonathan Hood. Plenty of things to dive into. Had SummerSlam. A lot of other things as AEW continues to build toward the two pay-per-views they have. One at the end of the month and then the very next weekend at the beginning of the month. So a lot of things going on in the professional world of professional wrestling. So we dive in. Where one, well, actually we had two. Both these guys were able to successfully defend their championships on Sunday night. CM Punk, the real world's champion in AEW, defending against Ricky Starks on Collision. And Seth freaking Rollins able to retain the WWE World Heavyweight Championship against Finn Balor, despite a lot of shenanigans that, that happened at the end of that match at SummerSlam. But what do we think is going to have a more satisfying ending? What's going to have a better potential payoff? This world title run for Seth Rollins or for CM Punk? Hmm. I think it's uh, I think it's Seth Rollins, and, and here's why. I'm going to go with what Bro had said a week or two ago regarding CM Punk and whether or not he's wrestling too much. Yes, this is an old borrowed storyline from Ric Flair with him being the real world champion and X right over the championship. Okay, so... I'm just trying to figure out what the payoff is. Does this mean that Ricky Starks eventually is going to win that real world title? How does MJF really get involved with this? It's such um, a malaise in AEW as far as all of these different storylines that have not connected yet. They have not paid off yet. So I, I think at the end of the day for me, bro, is I think a, a better potential payoff might be Rollins. Now, who he loses it to, I don't know, but we just got a kind of inkling uh, on Raw that – Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins might have something to say, might might have something to say, maybe a match at some point. Yeah, so that's the thing. I'm thinking about the end as well, and I'm hoping it's not Cody because, you know, that's not his story, and he's got to finish the story. Like, the end with Rollins, I don't see it being Nakamura, but at least we're seeing Nakamura in a main event, which is exciting. Mm -hmm. Damian Priest potentially as a world champion getting a push, that's exciting. Like, I think that title has the potential to make a new star. I don't WWE doesn't do a very good job at making those, so this could be a chance. But Punk, what is the end result? Because it has to end with MJF. It has to be a title for title. In that situation, MJF has to go over, and MJF doesn't really need that. Like he's so over right now by playing dodgeball at trampoline parks. Does he really need another win over CM Punk? Yeah, you got. I mean, they're going to unify those titles, though, right? Like you're right. That's that's how CM Punk's. End is going to come is some sort of title unification with whoever wins um, ends up winning the championship. And I'm I'm not convinced that Adam Cole's walking. I, I think Adam Cole's got a chance of walking out of Wembley as the champion. If they're, they're going to be pulling double duty. I, I just see the potential for that turn. You know, does Adam Cole. Convince... Does he drop it a week later? Cole? Yeah. No, I mean, I'm guessing... Like, right back in Chicago, they do the rematch, you know, MJF's the face this time, and they do it that way. So Punk gets his own title match in Chicago, and he's able to win in Chicago? I, I'm not sure. I have, like... I mean, I'm not sure if AEW's put all the pieces together. I haven't put all the pieces <laughs> together quite yet either. I, I see a lot of different routes they can go because, again, you've got two pay-per-views, back-to-back weekends that they've got to figure out and fill and, and somehow make both of them their own and unique. When it comes to Seth Rollins, I'm not going to lie, I really hope it's Shinsuke because I have been a sure. big fan of Shinsuke. And his brief 
opportunity in in the the main event spotlight of WWE when he won the Royal Rumble and then had that shit match against AJ Styles at WrestleMania. Like I've I've just been itching for for Shinsuke to be able to have something that he can grab onto, and hopefully this is it. I I doubt it. I. I, I I see him as just being another stepping stone if if they're pushing off Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes and they want that to happen at Royal Rumble if they want to have that to happen at Survivor Series they they're trying to more or less waste time so they can eventually set up those two for one of their pillar pay-per-views but I'm I'm rooting for Shinsuke just because I think he's deserved better than what he's gotten in his WWE run over the last seven, eight years at this point now, but I, my guess is, yes, yeah, Seth Rollins is going to have a more satisfying ending just because we know that, that punks is ending with a unification that he's not going to win. And they're going to unify that sooner rather than later. Yeah. From the CM Punk side, it's just too many things. Like this storyline can't go on with CM Punk and Ricky Starks or the real world championship until MJF has something to say about it. So it hasn't even started for me yet. Like we're just still we're still in the starting blocks with this. MJF is a champion. He still has not addressed it. It's been a couple weeks now. So it's like to me, it's a non-starter. Okay, he's a real world champion on collision. Okay, so 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 by the way, in a lot of ways, AEW kind of uh, emblematic of what WWE does. You got two champions on two different shows, don't you? You got MJF kind of which is fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's really one champion in AEW. I mean, this whole thing where he pulls a championship out of his bag and put an X on it doesn't make him champion. But he does make a good point. It is a good story. But again, until yeah. MJF says something, it doesn't make any sense. With Nakamura, it's a it's what Gabe said. It's a contenders match. It, it gives Rollins someone new to wrestle. Nakamura, if this was New Japan Nakamura, I'd be so excited. Mm-hmm. We've never seen the best of Nakamura in WWE. We've seen him be an entertainer, but we have not seen him be the guy that was a bloodthirsty killer like he was in New Japan. Not even close to it. I mean, this is this is a vacation for him now. Right. You know, so we've seen good stuff in NXT though. Yeah. When he was black and yellow, like him and Sammy. Yeah. But this is oh, him this and is, Sammy, him and Rude. Like that was great yeah. stuff in this NXT. Is, this is him at one third speed, though. Like we, yes. I've seen a lot better from him. This is retirement Shinsuke. This, 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 it is. I don't know. I mean, I guess he hasn't spent. I, I guess I'm just hopeful that this semi heel turn. I guess. I mean, he he worked Holy double God. on Monday Night Raw, and you know he 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 mentioned how he wanted to blaze his own path to Byron Saxton in the back right before he went out there to wrestle in the main event, and then Kinshasa's, you know, Seth Rollins. I I guess I'm hoping maybe because of. You know, the song that, that came out that used his, you know, that used that, that WWE looking for that, okay, he's a little bit more mainstream because his song made it into the mainstream, that maybe he gets a little bit more of a push here and actually has a chance against Seth Rollins. Well, to that point about actually having a shot, like, yes, it'd be awesome if Shinsuke actually wins it. The flip side, I don't think it makes sense storyline-wise, but if at Wembley... Samoa Joe beats CM Punk and he becomes the real world champion. Like, does that get you going? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because, I, 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 I don't know. I guess I, I can't. I can't. It, it, to, for someone to be the real world champion, like, <laughs> the only way this makes sense to me, the only way this entire thing makes sense to me with CM Punk is for CM Punk to have it unified with somebody else, with whoever it happens to right. be the actual world champion. Yes. Like him losing it to Starks, which 
I would think that their feud is over, but probably not since Starks attacked Steamboat after the match on Collision. So I'm guessing that's another way to extend the feud between Starks and Punk. But I I just have have a hard time like, okay, so how is Samoa Joe now the real world champion? Because Punk got suspended. He was never beat, but then he was beat. It just becomes too, con- like it's it's a little convoluted, but still a good story. It becomes really convoluted. Like once people start losing their championship multiple <laughs> times and you start passing it around as the real world championship. Well, aside from the real world championship, Joe and Punk is a longtime rivalry. Yes. And because in that Owen Hart tournament, you know, uh, so Samoa Joe is not satisfied with the roll-up loss that he had. Mm-hmm. So now he wants to get his comeuppance. And I think that that match, God, I mean, 20, year ago, 20 years ago, I paid for that in suburban Chicago. I, <laughs> I saw that in ROH. It was amazing. I, I saw the match, and you know, I think all three of us saw the match for the Owen Hart. And it was it was good. It, it was wasn't solid. great. It was good. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Is it noteworthy enough to put it high on that card at all in? Maybe. Um, but here's the thing about Samoa Joe, which is interesting. So he's trying his best to be a heel, but he's so respected. He gets cheered everywhere. Everyone he, loves he, Joe. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing, right? He's trying, he's not going after us as fans, but he is a badass, And like, he's like, all right, I'm a heel, but you guys keep cheering me everywhere I go. You know, I'm the, what does he say? I'm, I'm the, cha- the champion of TV. What does he say? He's the real, he's the one true king of television. Like the way he says television, like, again, this is how much of a badass Samoa Joe is just the way he says television. Television. Like I just, yeah, I just like, yeah, Joe's going to kill you. Joe is going to kill you. Joe is going to kill. Yeah. Everybody loves Samoa Joe. How about this, bro? How about this? That matchup takes place. The crowd will be 75% for Samoa Joe. Oh, hundred percent. And I think that's a middle of the card match. Like, you have to try and figure out where to put it, but, like, those two are going to deliver on that stage. Like, those guys have worked that match in front of 80 people. They're going to work it in front of 80,000, and they're going to show why they deserve it. But that could be a big moment for Joe. Like, Joe getting a win there, because he hasn't had that big moment yet in AEW. Yeah, I mean, he's had a couple. You know, he was TNT champion briefly. That's where the whole one true king of television gimmick came from, because he's the ROH TV champ and TNT champ simultaneously. Um, but yeah, th- I mean, it w- if he beat CM Punk at Wembley, that would be the biggest moment of his career. I guess I'm not sure if the one that the real world championship is actually going to be on the line. I guess we have right. to wait. And like to I see said, it CM makes Punk. no sense storyline wise, yeah. but it could be pretty cool. And who did Joe beat for that uh, TNT championship? It was who? Wardlow, who is in a yeah. who is in a deep depression. After losing it a couple yeah. times, did you read this? No. Yeah. Read it. He said it. He's been on a panel. It says that like being on TV is what feeds him. He's he's been in a deep depression since losing the championship, and that's that's a shoot. Yeah, and not being on TV. He mentioned that specifically also. All you gotta do is just tell the boss, "Can I get on ROH? Can we get some? Can you know? Pretty much, can I get some shots up?" I we think got, that's we, what right. it is. Like, we got seven hours of TV between AEW and ROH. We can't get Wardlow on TV anywhere. Well, what do we? Right. What have we said as a show? If you're a big guy, you don't get a chance. Women and big guys, <laughs> you can't. You don't get a chance in this company, right? How many yeah. times have we talked about this? Like, I mean, and some and somebody like in the chat will give us like an example, but I'm talking about 
you know, from Lance Archer to, you know, to Powerhouse Hobbs. Is he on Brian TV? Cage. Brian Cage. Like, pinfall after pinfall. Just looking up at the lights. Him? Like, okay, so he and Big Bill were in, like, in a really good match against FTR. All right, but still, they're losing. They're not over. Right. I don't think I've ever seen Big Bill win in AEW. If Big Bill's coming out as your tag team partner, <laughs> bad things are going to happen to you. And the Battle Royal does not count, by the way. I know someone's going to say Battle Royal does not count. It just, you know, again, you here's what happens, bro. It's you have your company, and you're just buying wrestlers so they won't go to Vince in WWE. Okay, now you have all these wrestlers. What do you do with them with this big roster? Right. Guys are sitting at home for well, months not getting a chance to get on TV. Crazy. And the thing with Wardlow, he's the biggest example of, like, a missed opportunity. Like, he was so damn over. I think back to the pay-per-view in Orlando, like, uh, being there and hearing that reaction when he won the ring and he turned on MJF that night, that was the loudest pop of the night. And the, and the MJF situation sort of cooled him down a little when you didn't know if they were going to have that match to open that pay-per-view. But total wasted opportunity, which is, like, meaningless title runs. I don't get it. Yeah, I so, yeah, I, I, in terms of the question, I think we're all on the same page. I think the Rollins one's going to be more satisfying just because right now it's – I'm guessing Punk wins his match against Samoa Joe and we see maybe a unification, and that ends up being the plan at All Out in Chicago. But that all remains but to, to that seen. point then, that has to be Cole as the heel because Punk will be a face in Chicago. Well, I mean – It's not going to be – Face Punk first, face MJF. Well, right? I mean, somebody somebody's turning on somebody at all in. I think I think right. I, I feel very comfortable in the fact that better than you, Bebe, is going to be ending at the end of the month. It just whoever turns on who, the heel is coming out on top, and they'll get CM Punk in Chicago. I just know one thing: I will cut off the TV if one of my favorite tag teams loses in the <laughs> in the pre-show for All In. If my guys lose, I'm riding. They just won the championships, for God's sake. <laughs> yes. Come on now. Yeah, right, just I, for a gimmick? Don't, they, can't, yes. they can't drop those titles. No, and that's – I think that's – I mean, it's going to be one of the most watched, like, zero hours ever yes. in AEW history because you're putting those two on them, on it, and one of them's turning on the other during the tag team match. And they're setting it up perfectly for it to be Cole because, again, he's told Roddy, hey, you got to trust me. You got to trust me. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. Adam Cole tells MJF to start out there. MJF is crawling to the corner looking for that tag. And Adam Cole jumps down. Okay. That's- and, so, and so the faction's already ready, right? It's it's Cole, yeah. it's Roddy, and the other it's two. It's the kingdom. Uh, the kingdom. David and Bennett. Oh. Yeah, the kingdom. Uh, I can't stand them. <laughs> it's like I guess this, they'll be relevant. I just can't. I can't. I can't do it with them. So, so the the kingdom, Matt Taven, right? Matt Taven, yep. uh-huh. former ROH World Champ. Never been a fan. Hmm? Never got it. <laughs> I'm just telling you, the truth. like it's one of those guys. You just watching me, like I just don't get it. He might can work. He he probably was a good worker. I think I've seen him plenty. I just I just don't get it. Maybe I'll get it now if they become a faction. We'll see. There. So many other things going on in the world of professional wrestling. We like to call it our three count, the other top three stories. Brian, what do we have at number one this week? Speaking of future stars, ESPN has released a list of their top 30 wrestlers under the age of 30. 
Who do you guys have as your top three under the age of 30? So just on the ESPN list, I'll read off the top 10 just so everybody kind of knows. So MJF is one, Rhea Ripley two, Austin Theory was three, um, El Ijo Del Vikingo was four, Dom, Dirty Dom was number five, Braun Breaker at six, Mm-hmm. Losing game there a little bit. I got to finish the list. Seven, Carmelo Hayes. Yes. Eight, Takesha. Nine, Liv Morgan. Ten, Logan Paul. There's some on this list that I was surprised that were under 30. Were you? Yes. Yes. There, there's some that... Uh, Leo Rush, under the age of 30. That was surprising. He was towards the back end. He's been wrestling forever. He's under 30. <laughs> yes. Who was he started when he was 11? <laughs> We've talked about the show. Butch, under 30. He's lived a rough life, I guess. Does not look 30. No. Looks 30. Uh, who are some of the... I guess those are the two that really stuck out as being surprisingly under 30. Okay, so on my short list, I mean, MJF they have as number one. That is correct. I mean, AEW champion, yep. and uh, he is wise beyond his years. I just think that he is uh, the future of the business, being under 30 years of age. I can't uh, turn a blind eye to Rhea Ripley. I've been a fan of hers yep. uh, when she was in um, uh, NXT UK. That's when I first saw her. She's blossomed into something that's a really, a really special as a performer. And you know who else I didn't know that was under uh, 30 was Tony Storm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, against someone who's been on our television for uh, you know well over a decade, maybe 15 years. Tony Storm's on my list as well. I have an OLI as well. Outside looking in, I have an OLI. So I'm going with the uh, Gabe's guy, Vikingo. Uh, I wrote down Ilya Dragunov because that's a guy, I'm telling you, man. I mean, I, I, and also, surprised that he's under 30. I thought he was a much older <laughs> gentleman than that, the German, uh, the Russian, rather. And Wheeler Yuta, I have written yeah. down as well. So I have- Both those guys are pretty low. Yuta was 20, Dragunov 26. Yeah. So, so yeah. That's my list. Uh, uh, Gabe, what's what's your top three? I gave you MJF, Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm, and I gave you an L- OLI. What do you like? Yeah, so I like I like Rhea actually as my number one. I just knock MJF because of some of the issues like I mean that was just mentioned by Brian. Like he had the whole issue of is he going to show up to work like that? That's got to count against you. Like there have been never any questions about that with Rhea Ripley. Undeniably, MJF is a star, but when when you decide to not show up to work for eight months. Yeah, I've I've got some questions about whether or not you're going to be sticking around long term and whether you can be the absolute star of my company. I don't think there's any questions like that with Rhea. Of course, I'm going to have Vikingo at number three because he's my guy. He's the actual best wrestler in the world. Um, whether or not somebody's smart enough to build their entire promotion in the United States, obviously AAA doing a very good job of that since he's the AAA champion at this point. Um, I was and I was really surprised that Hook did not even make like their honorable mention at the end because yeah. Hook is only 24. He's been put in some pretty good spots in AEW, still young, still incredibly raw. He's one of those guys that would probably benefit from in, in the understandably that they're going away from it because they ended up getting the show on Saturday nights, but the house rules tour, the entire reason from my understanding that Jeff Jarrett was hired by AEW in the first place is to run these, these house shows. I think he's somebody who would be, who would benefit from, 
benefit from that or benefit from some sort of run on ROH where he's getting more ring work and he's just constantly going. Maybe he gets, you know, a manager. It gets a little bit more of a mouthpiece or he's just the badass who never talks. I'm not quite sure. But mm-hmm. there's something there with that young man. And I think he oozes charisma. Ultimately, I think he's going to go over um, Jungle Boy, who I have enjoyed during this heel run. You want to talk about growth, especially for somebody under 30. Jack Perry deserves, you know, um, you know, on the outside looking in on this one as well. It just kind of goes to show you that when you, when you take a look at this list, I thought they had to stretch for some to kind of get to 30 under 30. Yeah. Wrestling is not in a great spot in terms of the young talents, I would say. Now, there's certainly hope. Again, I would mention Hook, um, you know, in, in there that, that you have hopes for. But Braun Breaker at six, I guess that's another one that I just, I haven't understood the incredible hype around Braun Breaker at this point. Well, I think there's a reason he hasn't been called up. Like, I don't think the WWE agrees with you on that, that they don't quite see it. Like, something's obviously missing there where he has sort of run his course in NXT. Like, oh, we should call him up. Like, eh, he's not quite ready yet. So I agree with you from that standpoint. I was also surprised, Jay, you talk about surprise about people under 30. Some of the people not on the list that are actually over 30. Bianca Belair, Wardlow, Swerve, all of them over the age of 30, apparently. Mm. Learn that while uh, looking stuff up. Mm. Yeah, so I was surprised by that. But my top three, I agree, MJF and Rhea, one, two. I am Daniel Garcia at three because he, to me, has proven the last few months, like, we know what he can do as a wrestler, but by showing us what he can do as a sports entertainer, I think that makes him more well-rounded. I know it's part of the gimmick, the dancing and stuff, but, like, it's working with the crowd. It would work under Vince. Like, I've been impressed by him and what he's done these last few months. I need to see more of him handling himself on a microphone okay because i feel like most of it i mean last night was probably the longest promo he's had right in front of a live crowd like that maybe ever and it was what 30 seconds you know because because most of the time he's either been in the faction you know he's he's fought you know he's he's been able to lean on during the jericho um, Brian Danielson thing, you know, Brian Danielson being his hero and, and he wants to learn under Jericho ends up going with Jericho. He was able to lean on those guys. And during this last little bit of run, it's been Sammy Guevara who's probably handled most of the talking in that tag team. So I'd like to see a little bit more growth out of, out of Garcia on the microphone in, in terms of, you know, really shooting him up and, and me thinking that he's even a top five guy at this point. It's the problem with a lot of that roster in AEW. Right, like they can all go because they're indie wrestlers or, or you know, wrestling on a small circuit and now on the big time. The promo is the whole thing. I mean, remember what Jack Perry was when he first came up? They could not mm-hmm. find him in the back. Jack, it's your time, and they could not find him because he was deathly afraid. Now, look at his progression as someone that you want to hear from smarmy heel, FTW champion. But it's all about growth and working with these young people. To say, hey, we know that you can fly around and you can wrestle for 30 minutes and you can take all these bumps, but you got to be able to talk them in the building. And so that's one thing with a lot of these wrestlers where if their promo isn't good, well, look where they came from. They didn't have to be on the – they would come through a dark, as as, as uh, Broads would tell you, just some dark aisle, step into the ring for 30 minutes and then leave and never have to say anything. Just, just right after you peek your head through I mean, the curtain a little bit and then you make it happen. And, yeah. and a lot of credit to Christian for helping – Jack Perry through that, like in terms of wrestlers who have grown over the last 12 months, is there anyone who's grown more than, than Jack Perry? 
Not in AEW, no. There's veterans in that locker room that still can't get on the mic. I heard AR Fox. I was just curious about AR Fox on, on Talk is Jericho. Oh, I mean, Chris is just, you know, he's penetrating with his questions. He's like, hey, so tell me about your background. Yeah, I was a stone cold rock guy. And, you know, I did these moves. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> like, no wonder you just do all these moves. You can't talk at all. Now, he was on Dynamite the other night. And, like, he spoke, but it was just 10 seconds, right? Oh, it, was, he's... it was meaningful, but it was 10 seconds. I'm like, oh, there's, wow. There's a reason he's hanging out with Swerve. For the yeah. storyline. There's yeah. a reason he's hanging out with Swerve because Swerve Jeez. can handle himself. Which oh. brings us to another guy, Nick Wayne. Right. Where, where, where Cater we... 72 mentioned that, but I think he falls into that group like you were mentioning. Like looking through this list, Nick Wayne, Bandito, Butch, like they all can go, but can they go on the mic? I mean, Jamie Hayter even a little bit. Like she struggled yeah. a little bit with the promos. Yeah. Like there's something missing there on the mic, but we know what they can do in the ring. You don't get to talk about Nick Wayne. Nitzel. <laughs> that's that's why I didn't. I asked the question. No. I served it up to you guys. No, no. You guys refused to bring him up, and somehow I'm the one bringing him up. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't get the chance to talk to him, so you don't talk about him. You you won't watch the great <laughs> but, matches that he's had. He, he saw him for the first time. It's so funny, bro. It's, he sees him for the first time. It's like, oh, he wasn't very good. Well, guess what? He wrestled like a freaking teenager. That's why he wrestled like that. We see him in classics. No way he had yeah. a classic with all that, like, yeah, yeah, we saw him in Portland with classics. So, so you don't get to talk to talk about him. You, you don't get to talk about him. Yeah, yeah. No, look, you look, back. I off. mean, it's not my fault. You guys hyped him up like Chick Fil A, and then by the time I finally saw him, he wasn't very good. He wrestled it's not like my fault. He was booked to wrestle that way. Stop it! Like yeah. his his first debut, he's supposed to wrestle like Kenny Omega. Yeah, as a teenager. No, yeah. that's not that's not how wrestling works. No. No, he wrestled like he watch him on Rampage tomorrow night. That's what I'll bring it out. I'm sure. Uh, he's still, and, and we'll lose. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Because you know, I, to the masses, is like there's no way this is a prodigy. He's not. He right. can't even drive yet. Oh no, no, no. But in, but in Defy, yeah. <laughs> of course, he's having 30 minute classics. Like, like he's booked to wrestle like I don't know an 18 year old. He's not supposed to get over it all. That's true. I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, you talk about the concern game, and, like, I agree. The one I will say, like, Carmelo Hayes, who came in at 7, the little I watch of NXT, I think he's one of those guys that has it. I don't know if he looks the way for Vince because, like, he's on the smaller side. But, like, I think there's something there that he can work with and he can eventually be a star. I'll have to watch. I don't know. Yeah. I'll I'll have to take, you know, that's one I'm just going to have to take your word for it, I guess. Um I mean, yeah, it's just it's it. When I look up and down that list, when you start, I mean, the fact that Austin Theory is three made me very sad. Yeah, um, <laughs> like it made him sad. <laughs> it made me as sad as my guy Daddy Magic on the microphone last night. Like just getting ready to cry. If Austin, if Austin Theory is the future of professional wrestling, dear lord. Oh, oh yeah. Now we're right back into the, to the toilet. Now we're into Cena. The Cena era, like I mean, oh, if that's oh. if he's the future of the business, that's not good. It's not. No. no, like I mean, he hasn't done anything. I mean, I thought he was supposed to have that match last week. Apparently, now it's going to be this week uh, for the U.S. title. We'll see if it continues to get pushed back. AEW's been, or excuse me, WWE's been very fluid with a lot of these plans, despite Triple H saying they didn't bump anything from the card. Even though I'm pretty sure Becky Lynch and Trish. 
said SummerSlam in some of their promos, <laughs> but hey, who am I to, you know, push back against Hunter? But I Austin Theory at three, like I see look, I see the potential there. It just hasn't I mean he's he's had a lot of opportunities to bring it out and make yeah. me care. And I just I, I have a hard time carrying like him, him at three. There are so many, like, I know nothing about Carmelo Hayes. I would probably just put Carmelo Hayes above him right now, because I've got a feeling that if I went over to NXT on Tuesday, I bet you Carmelo can make me care about him more than Austin theory can make me care about him. Yeah. And I know that people will hear this wrong, especially in Stanford that's watching the show. So let me make sure it's clear. We're not against the young man. We're against his creative because the creative is nil. It's just him out there with sunglasses and wrestling the same. So it's like that's on creative to do something with Austin Theory than what we've been seeing over the last two or three years. That's all. I'm, that's all we're saying. Yeah, that's the seventh longest U.S. title uh, reign ever. That man right there. You guys are knocking him. I saw that too. And oh, I, we're and I, knocking I, him. You're not a part of that. You're you're <laughs> pro Austin Theory. I, my bad. Uh, I didn't realize you were pro Austin Theory. Oh. The guy's number three on this list. He deserves some credit for that. It's amazing. He just Isn't passed it? a Ric Flair record. He got, right on, out of the, he got right out of the pot. Did not want to be part of it. It's unbelievable, <laughs> this guy. It is unbelievable. He's with you, winner tie. He's Brian Rowan. <laughs> That's who he is, everybody. So you want to turn this into a sports conversation? Let's do that. Okay. Okay. All right. So we talk about young uh, wrestlers under 30. And, of course, every summer, as we wait for the NFL season to start, we always look at quarterback tiers, right? It's mm-hmm. the best. Mike Sando has the best quarterback oh, yeah. tiers list. I mean, that's the quintessential column I look forward to every year, the quarterback list. Okay. <laughs> so when we go through that list, and I don't have the official list, but I, off the top of my head, it's like, you know, it starts with Patrick Mahomes, all right? And that's a guy that's under 30. So look, compare that to wrestling in this regard, right? So MJF or Rhea Ripley or Vikingo, I mean, those – would, who's the Patrick Mahomes of wrestling under 30? Is that MJF? See, I would make case it could be both MJF and Rhea, which I think speaks well for men's and women's wrestling. They're both legit enough stars. I would say it's Rhea. Okay. But again, I, I think I'm, I, I put Rhea at number one. Like, I just think she's got it all. Like, she's, she's running. I mean, how many? So he does things. Patrick Mahomes does things that we've never seen on a football field before. Right. right. Like he's, right. and Rhea is doing things that I don't think we've really ever seen before. We've seen female managers of like factions before, but, but Rhea is the undisputed leader of the second most popular faction in WWE. Like she's the one trying to bring peace on Monday night between Finn Balor and Damian priest. Like she's the one put like, she's the only one who gets cheered in that group. Like everyone, you know, like they were going through on the opening segment of Monday Night Raw. Of course, they boo Dirty Dom and, yeah. you know, they they boo Senior Money in the Bank. But then Rhea lifts her title. Everybody cheers for her. Like even though she's a heel and everybody knows that, they still – like she's associated with Dom who they boo out of the building every night. <laughs> and yet she's the one who's super over. I, I think it's – like MJF is spectacular, but Rhea's doing things that we haven't seen women do before in professional wrestling in terms of her character work. And, and obviously she has it in the ring. Like to me, she's the complete package. Well, bro, when we talk about young wrestlers and, you, and we look at that list and say, hey, maybe it's just top heavy, but not a lot in the middle or the bottom. Just think about the quarterback list the same way, right? What we talk about mm-hmm. first for brevity, it's it's Mahomes, it's Josh Allen, it's uh, Joe Burrow, it's um, 
uh, Justin Herbert, it's Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, guys like that, right? Well, just same like the quarterback list, it's top heavy with young stars, and then it's that big middle, the Kirk Cousins of right. the world, and then there's that young bottom where it's like all these guys are proven and uh, unproven in the, like tier four. Does that make sense? But to that it's point, though, like a list. lot of those names. You- a lot of the names you mentioned at the top of the QB list, like they're young guys that we sort of see like, hey, this is the new face of the league, like the Josh Allens of the world. Yeah. I think you can count Lamar still sort of there. But to Gabe's original point, like when you look at this, like how many of these guys and girls do you look at and say, okay, they're going to main event WrestleMania one day? MJF, Rhea, and oh, then. Wow. Well, that stopped quickly. Right. Like, I think that's the biggest concern right now, if you're like a wrestling standpoint. Yeah, but at this, um, I guess when you think when you think about it through the prism that Jay Hood just proposed, like there are new young quarterbacks coming into the league every year, yeah. you know, that, uh-huh. that are going to be backfilling that list, you know, especially when everybody wants to talk about in the NFL next year. Oh, man, next right. year's draft class, those top two quarterbacks and Caleb Williams and Drake May, you know, so yeah. like and, and there are going to be young people coming into wrestling all the time. And on top of that, like Aaron Rodgers is about to turn 40. Aaron Rodgers is in the top tier, but he's going to be gone soon. L.A. Knight is 40 and L.A. Knights, you know, like you can have a long career and sometimes take your time in terms of finding your footing in professional wrestling. So maybe not having just a stud, oh, this person's going to main event WrestleMania, this person's going to main event WrestleMania. Maybe that's kind of always been true because of how long some of these careers can actually be. So, that's so Aaron Rodgers is AJ Styles. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, that's actually, I don't hate it. <laughs> and I think that there's similar like thoughts also on some things, I think. Used to have similar moment. hair. Yeah. Aaron yeah. Rodgers used to have that hair when he was, you know, younger in Green Bay. But post 40 still can do it just like AJ Styles, just waiting for the opportunity. Yeah. So kind of the same thing. So I just I just look at that list and say, okay, these guys are these women and men are under 30, but I think that Broad's pretty hit to right. It's like who's gonna main event WrestleMania besides the top two? No. Okay? It ain't Vikingo and it's not no. no, I I love Vikingo. He's <laughs> never gonna be in WWE. So, like, yeah, I and mean, some of the Perry's too small for WWE. Like, I mean, Dom, I don't know about main eventing, but like, you can't ignore the reaction. Dom, <laughs> like, NXT ratings are going up with Dirty Dom. On Dom it. is going to main event WrestleMania. This show will end. We will, <laughs> we will shut the doors on this show. Him, and it very well could happen in five years. I was about to Rob say Breaker versus Dom main eventing WrestleMania. There you like, go. They could do a mixed. They could do a mixed tag match. Like if they find the right mixed tag group to like because there's remember again there's two nights of WrestleMania now. Like yeah. I could see him and Rhea if they find the right mixed tag partners, they could get a story hot enough because of those two that they could main event main event night one. They, they're never gonna. I mean, Dom's not gonna close down Mania. Cody and Brandy. That's how Cody will get his Mania win in that match. <laughs> We're already there. <laughs> Already got it. Oh, well, uh, well it turns out Jay Hood just quit the show. So we'll move on. What do we have at number two this week, Brian? <laughs> All right. Someone not under the age of 30 actually debuted on Raw 24 years. It was the debut of Y2J on Raw 24 years ago yesterday. So, guys, who is the best Chris Jericho character? All right. So let's see if we can even see so if Y2J. There's a lot. Yeah. Lionheart. So, so, okay, so Lionheart before that, Y2J, 
There's list of, of them. list of Jericho, the Ocho, the Painmaker. Ugh. Um, the scarf. What do you call that one? Like the Le Champion. Le Champion. That's the scarf one. Is is okay. Le Champion? Uh, so that's six. Um, light up jacket in WWE. Like, does that count as one? Yeah, because he like wore the light up jacket and like didn't speak. Like, <laughs> right. after he made that one return, which was kind of weird. I don't think that one's making it. Um, There's, yeah, I have the one, king of reinvention. I, yeah, no question. I I have one that you haven't mentioned yet. That I, that's one of my favorites. I have a top three. Well, okay. So so three is suit and tie Chris Jericho. The best in the world in what I do, Chris Jericho. Yeah. The, the Nick one, Bockwinkle. Yes. That was the Nick Bockwinkle look. That's what he said he was trying to do. Like, because Nick is one of my uh childhood heroes from the AWA when he was champion. So he was the the quiet, you know, cerebral suit and tie. I'm the best at what I do, guy. Lionheart is two. Uh, no, uh the Ocho's two and Lionheart's one for me. That's the WCW. For those who don't know, that's WCW yeah, that's Lionheart WCW. for Jericho. Yep. That's for I, me. I mean, he's been amazing. He's he's a Tom Brady of AEW. He he is. Yeah. I mean, he's just been tremendous. And it's not one of these things where it's like, oh, I wish he'd go away, like Cena. Sort of like, oh, I would. no, he just continues to reinvent. And I, I admire him for it. Well, and the, the crazy part is, is as he reinvents and as he went through it at, at, like six months ago or whatever it was, when he started wrestling as all the different characters that he's been in the past <laughs> and somehow made himself look younger when he came out as Lionheart, like that just, wait, how did you just do, like, how did you just pull this off where you're making yourself look literally 20 years younger as you're coming out as Lionheart? Like, that's amazing. I mean, as... As a kid of the Attitude Era, like Y2J is always going to be my favorite. Like his debut, and I know it, it ends up being this way with so many WWE debuts. You know, like everybody, you know, oh, John Cena's debut, Ruthless Aggression. And then it took him six months to actually find footing. It was kind of the same thing with Jericho. He comes out, he goes toe-to-toe with The Rock. Just great promo battle between the two of them. And then he kind of is middling for a while before he really starts taking off and then ends up beating The Rock and Stone Cold both in the same night. Like Y2J is always going to be my favorite version of Jericho. Um, the, the first version of Jericho in AEW, I think uh, Le Champion is uh, the bubbly and everything that went with yeah. it. Like the way the way he was able to come in and be Chris Jericho that everybody recognized, but then evolve and like push forward and bring so many AEW people in and really help that thing launch from, I mean, not necessarily a mainstream, you know, perspective, but maybe the casual wrestling fan perspective that recognizes the name, but he's, he's changed a little bit. I would say those are probably my top two with the list of Jericho, which would be his run with Kevin Owens probably being my third. Cause those two together were spectacular. Dude, and, Owens hated, and Owens hated it, by the way. You see this <laughs> interview? Did not like it. He, he, he thought another. He, ex, he was like, in an interview just recently, he said he thought the, the other shoe would drop. He never really enjoyed doing that listing, which was hilarious to me. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, there's just so many options. It looks like he's going down another path right now, like with the Don Callis stuff, where there's going to be another version of Jericho we see over the next few months. But, like, just so many memorable moments. Like, I purchased a bottle of the bubbly. I have a bottle at home. I don't know what I'm ever going to open or what I'm going to use it for, but I have a bottle of the bubbly. My wife wasn't happy about that, but I have it. So like, <laughs> that, like I you think about like the Y2J stuff, which is my favorite. Also like just some of the stuff he lists, like 
the WCW stuff, like the Dean Malenko thing, like going the man of a thousand of you know one holds. Like, there's so many things. I agree. The bar. list, though, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> the list was so damn good. Like every time he clicked that pen, like it meant so much. Like that to me is just so memorable. And like, it's crazy what one man's been able to do in an entire wrestling career. Yeah, think about that. This guy is so good at professional wrestling. He got clicking a pen over. <laughs> like, he would hold it up there in anticipation, and you could hear the crowd building. Oh, you just made the list. Ah! Like, that's how good this man is at professional wrestling. He got clicking a pen over. And that's why, like, the buildup to ultimately him being on KO's list. Like, it was heartbreaking oh. when, like, he was like, Oh, I'm on this list. And like the end of that friendship, like it was just perfect storytelling. Yeah. And he yeah. puts it up, the list of KO. It right. was so good. So good. Which probably makes last night a little bit more disappointing now that we think about it. Like the end of the Jericho Appreciation Society. I, I, I mean, I'm wearing the t-shirt because, you know, when Daddy Magic hurts, we all hurt. Um <laughs> God. But it was as a segment, especially to open up that show, it was a little underwhelming, was it not? Just people just walking out on him. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I guess the question is like, what's more over his song, Judas, or um, the, the, uh, the whole group and the whole faction? I think the song's more over than anything mm -hmm. else because who did you really make? Daniel Garcia, okay, you can make a case that, okay, he's in some good matches, but he's losing all the time. When does he ever get over? He was only that Ring of Honor champion just for a glimpse for a little bit yeah, the pure but that champion. doesn't that doesn't work i mean so then you look at like anna jay in the main event floundering against ashita last night that wasn't good um you know we don't see enough of jake hager, hager. i mean the hat was over you love the purple hat <laughs> um you know and so with sammy guevara so it's a mixed review on sammy guevara isn't it bro it's yeah, because I agree. I mean, you bring it up all the time like with factions and teams. Like, you want to try and get other people over. And as they're all walking out the ring last night, there really isn't anyone that you look at and you're like, okay, well, we're going to see big things out of them. Like, it's more likely we don't see them on TV moving forward. Like, we just see them on Friday night. And, yeah, Sammy's the one that there might be something there, but he might have peaked already. Like, he did the whole world title run. They had the four-way. And then it's just sort of been whatever since then. So, like, no one really got over – and even Jericho, like, I guess taking the losses to the Kingstons and the Action Andretti's, like, those were moments for those guys. But it didn't really grow him too much either. I mean, yeah. the, the entire point, yeah, of the Jericho Appreciation Society was, you know, you, you didn't get 2.0 over. Right. They haven't been in anything. I mean, they haven't done anything meaningful in months. Like, barely even seeing them as part of the JAS until the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Anna, Anna Jay, like, she was... She, Join the like both the women like in in I understand Ty got pregnant so you know she's been seen on television but it's not like she can wrestle but so Anna Anna Jay wrestled on Rampage last week and then wrestled in the main event last night I'm not even sure the last time I saw her on TV before that right probably on some random Rampage right like correct but I haven't seen 2.0 wrestle in forever Jake Hager's just kind of around with the hat. Like the only two that had any potential to get over in this group other than Jericho were Sammy and and Daniel Garcia. And you decided to have Don Callis hit Danny Garcia in the head with a bat last week. So it, I would say that this is the JAS has probably been the most disappointing part 
of his AEW career, and I don't know if it's particularly close. And I think also when you put it side by side with the inner circle, because the inner circle like got Sammy to a next level, whereas mm-hmm. this he was sort of plateaued, and then also got Santana and Ortiz. Like they were a dud when they first debuted. They were one of those like, oh look who it is. And I was like, who is that? Like what's going on here? Those two were very over. Like they should have probably had a tag title run, and then ultimately injuries cost them. But it got those two over, which didn't really happen in the JAS. Yeah, so the song's more over. Oh, 100%. Like, it shouldn't have been a part of that group. Once he turned heel, that should not have been the entrance anymore. Yeah, I, I would agree. So I just – it's just a lot of young talent. I'm not saying the young talent's wasted. I like to know what they're going to do with them. Like, Daddy Magic is a gimmick, man. I mean, there's yeah. a guy there. He actually is a character babyface when you think about it. I mean, people yeah. know how crazy he is. That's kind of like who he is. I just – um you know, there's a lot of young talent, and you just can't get everybody over. I understand that. I'm not a child. I understand, like, all my favorites can't get over. But the point is, I was like, it's just a lot of young talent that's just waiting to get on TV and waiting to grow. And it's one of these things, once again, guys, where you have a number of veterans that are on top of the card, you know, the Young Bucks and the Hardys, and, you know, <laughs> you know, CM Punk and Samoa Joe. It's like, what about all these other – what about these other 50 talent that's – you know, 35 and younger just trying to get over. What about them? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'll throw it out there. I, I know the crowd might disagree. Like, I'd rather see 2.0 in tag matches with the Bucks and the Hardys anymore. Boy, that was tough. I mean, it, it that, that matchup with uh, the Young Bucks and the Hardys, it's like the Young Bucks slowed down for the Hardys. And I'm watching, I'm like, oh. Yes. Like, like, sort of, like, it was okay toward the end, but – that thing should never be in the ring again. It's a nice little nostalgia match, but I, I watched it. And this is this is the second time we've seen this, guys. Yeah, second mm-hmm. time. It's, it's it's the Hardys are sad at this point, but they get a big pop, huge yeah, pop. They, they get a big pop. People still love Jeff. It's just tough to watch Matt move sad. at this point. I mean yeah. that that that's <laughs> that body's been through a lot of a lot of wrestling, you know, and not to take away anything that he's done in the past, but. It's oh Jeff it's, too. It's I mean, like, it's not it's it's not good. And yeah, right. I, I just felt bad. It's, it sounds harsh, but I did feel bad for for the young bucks because you know that they can you know go, but they slow down for them so they can catch up the Hardys. Right. I'm like, oh, that's sad. Oh, but that's what it is. So I, I just but but I but I just want to just put a bow on and say I just really appreciate Chris Jericho. He's one of my favorites. I was there, Gabe. Uh, when he made his debut in Chicago, uh, that was at the Rosemont Horizon. I was wow. there for that, and so the the Were rocks, people anticipating it being Jericho. Yeah, because there... remember, remember the countdown. Yeah, clock? he had the countdown, but it wasn't to. But nobody knew what the countdown was to. Well, <laughs> unless you were smart. <laughs> right let's you smart to the business like we knew jericho was coming uh because the dirt sheets was like he's leaving wcw after yeah. all this time but the, what was the classic rock line is like you know i'm so to be afraid of you who's been wrestling down south against a guy named Hooventude. i think that was the, i think that was the line and that popped the crowd in chicago that was huge because there's a little shot at wcw at the time so yeah it's uh i'm always appreciative uh, appreciative of uh, jericho What's the matchup, though, for All In? That's the question. What's next? <sighs> who's, he, who's he wrestling at All In? I mean... I don't... Is it Sammy? Uh, Does he no. join Callus? Yes. So you yes, think the announcement... Sure. If, I mean, because if not, then it's Takeshita. Ooh. 
Jericho against Kenny and Takesha. Uh, we're gonna find out what is sit down with Jr. on yeah. Wednesday. Jr. will sit down with Kenny Omega. Sit well, that's the other part. You mentioned Kenny. You guys were dismissive, like the pain maker side. Like, I feel like the pain maker in that Kenny match is one of the big reasons we have AEW today, and like that deserves some credit. I think that uh, I, I don't think that uh, Gabe wants to see this, but it could be very well could be Jericho Osprey. No. <laughs> he doesn't want that. Gabe. <laughs> so, no, like we we'll begin that. And and again, Jer- especially for a fifty-year-old dude, like Jericho can still go, but Osprey would have to slow. Just what you were talking about with the young bucks. You're telling me Osprey wouldn't have to slow down a little bit for Jericho? A little bit, yes. But Ospre- I mean, not also- not to the level of what we saw last <laughs> night. But yes, it, it wouldn't be. It would be a shame to me if you can't unleash full Osprey. If you get Osprey for that show. Give me full Osprey, man. Like, yeah. give me something. Yeah. Give me someone who can go with him. Give me Osprey Omega 3, goddammit. Hell, we don't even need a story. Like, I agree with you, Gabe. Give us full Osprey on that stage. Give us Osprey and Vikingo and just let them yeah. do 10 minutes Hell of yeah. whatever they do. Like, that's Hell all yeah. we need for that show. Those, Iron Man match. Give them 60 minutes. Let's go. No, no those are better matches. You're right. Yeah. Like, because Osprey could probably half kill Jericho, like yes. that whole thing he did to Omega with that that oh. big forearm. Oh my God! Yes. Like he killed. Oh, yeah, he killed. the hidden blade. Yeah, oh. like that's that's. I don't. I don't want to see fifty-year-old Chris Jericho have to eat a, a a blind forearm to the back of the head. He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> Jericho has died in the UK, ladies and gentlemen. The winner of the match, <laughs> Will Osprey. Oh man. So I. Yeah, I, if 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 you get Osprey for that show, to me you have to unleash Osprey, and you've got to give him someone. I mean, give him either one of the Lucha Brothers. Give him yep. like give him somebody who's going to be able to hang and let Osprey. Because at this point, we're three weeks away. Like you're not going to yep. be able to build a meaningful story, and it's not like Osprey was going to be there anyway. But Osprey's there to put on a show inside the ring. Give him somebody who's going to be able to hang with him. Roos. Oh Lord! No, <laughs> blood. Bath. No, like we, I don't. Why do you want? We just said we didn't want Jericho to die. I don't want Osprey to die. I don't know if they would. They would just they would do it like kill each other. It'd be wonderful. <laughs> just Roosh. I mean, you do understand this is a work, right? Right. <laughs> See, I mean, up a little. I'm I'm honestly disappointed that Roosh signed with AEW. I wanted to see him in WWE and go after the IC title. Him and Gunther just exchanging chops back and forth in the most physical match you've ever seen in your life. Hey, uh, Rush, uh, <laughs> uh, just calm down. Uh. <laughs> Could you imagine? Senior stuff. A uh, little too stiff. Uh. <laughs> Could you imagine Triple H? <laughs> like, putting the half glasses on like holy bleep <laughs> like oh man oh no <laughs> somebody's got to tell them we're sports entertainers what is that senor what does that mean <laughs> I'm about to kill somebody <laughs> why don't you go to UFC Roosh if you're just gonna be <laughs> what, what are you doing in, in wrestling oh. he, there, there's no there's no half stepping in Roosh nope. I'll no. him on my TV He's got one gear. He's only got one gear. What do we got at number three, Brian? All right. SummerSlam ended on Saturday night. Roman Reigns beating Jay Uso to retain the undisputed title after interference from Jimmy Uso. A lot of complaints on social media. Has the bloodline story run its course? 
Hold on a second, Brian. Hold on a sec. Okay. All right. Let Brian start. Every week there's something about this. I am tired of this question. Gabe and I are giving you great quotes, great stuff for TikTok and anything else. So apparently you're tired of it. Gabe and check I out, not- check out the Twitter sphere. Like Go right ahead. what else do we need out of these guys? Like we've you seen answer. enough. Yeah. Roman might be hurt. He's not advertised for the rest of the year. It was a hell of a story. They botched the ending, and everything since then has been sort of ho hum. Like why did Jimmy turn? Like, yeah, we're going to watch tomorrow. It's run its course. There comes a point in time when a TV show is like, you know what? We don't need another season of this. We've reached that point with the bloodline. There you we're go. At. There you go. A Cena-era wrestling fan right there. Story <laughs> can't stand the story. Story's too long for you. He he wants fast yes. food instead of filet mignon. <laughs> He's Brian Rowitz. He just died how many years of this? Like most factions don't last this long. Like we've enjoyed it and they screwed up the ending. They burnt the main course already when the Sammy work- didn't win it, when Cody didn't win it. Now they're like, this oh, guy. you want free dessert? I'm like, no, I don't. I want to go home. The worst kind of wrestling fan. He likes his 13 pay-per-views a year. He wants his two-week storyline and move on. That's who he is, everybody. He's Brian Rowitz. Uh, done enough. Thought you were more sophisticated than that, bro. It's, <laughs> it's just sad. That's all it is. You know, like, was <laughs> I, I, I'll give you this. Huh? Son, Saturday night Saturday, yeah. was an Saturday. overbooked mess. Like, I... Didn't nec- I didn't really enjoy – I didn't mind the Jimmy part, but you didn't need everything before it. Like, okay, like if Jimmy just comes out and that's the thing, but it just seemed very convoluted at the end. And most of these things for the bloodline end up being convoluted and schmozzy finishes. But the solo and then – like clearly, clearly Roman didn't spear you on purpose solo and that whole thing. I didn't need it, but yes, Jimmy turning on Jay. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear why my guess is they revisit Jimmy being always doubtful of Jay being the trot, you know, being the tribal chief, being the right hand man, being the next one in line. My guess is that's what they revisit. And I think you build to an Uso versus Uso. And, you know, maybe that's your new spinoff. You know, this is the better call Saul of the Breaking Bad universe. But Roman is still a champ in that situation. Like, Breaking Bad still on as you have your spinoff in that situation. Like, that's yeah. the issue. Pretty sure bra- I'm pretty sure Grateful Dead did – or uh, Grateful Dead. Walking um, I'm pretty sure the Walking Dead did that, did they not? Oh, yes. Well, well also in WWE awesome. logic, there was supposed to be no outside interference in that match. That was part of tribal combat. Which is, I mean – Okay, so for me, the tribal the tribal warfare match, which or is what we thought, it, yeah. yeah, yeah, no disqualification is exactly what we knew it was going to be. It was no disqualification. That's what it was. All weapons, you know, count all that. It wasn't even top three for me at SummerSlam. No, 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 no. It wasn't no, even no. top three. Mm-hmm. And and the reason why is because it's what we talked about in the preview show. Nobody in Detroit, nobody watching at home thought that Jay Uso could beat um, Roman Reigns. You know why? Because how you do it normally is you give Uso the opportunity to take on single stars. He wins these singles matches, four or five week build into it. It's like, boy, he beat so-and-so and he beat so-and-so and it beat so-and-so clean. Maybe he has a chance against Roman. But if you haven't had any singles matches, how can I believe in you? Only you, you only base it on in a tag team match, you pin Roman. Okay, then what? 
Even the crowd wasn't sure. And if you watch the ebb and flow of the match, Roman cut Jay off so often that he only had momentum toward the end of the match. Right. So, but but nobody believed that Jay Uso would ever be the tribal chief after that. So, no. and then it's the slow plotting Roman right now. Here's where Brolitz is right. Every match is the same with Roman, right? Slow, plotting, methodical. Hey, man, carve out 45 minutes, especially with entrances, because here comes Roman. He's slower than The Undertaker coming down the ring, right? And then, of course, he's got to talk, even though there's no crowd mic from the talk. It's not the pandemic. No one can hear you in the crowd. And he's still talking to his opponent. Like, so for me, Gabe, it's like it was not believable that mm-hmm. Jake even come close to this. I mean, you can say it like that match sucked. Like maybe yeah. the Roman injury might have excused it, but like that match sucked on Saturday. Wow. That's yeah. Terrible. What else are you getting out of this? Like, but I, I guess like the whole storyline as a whole has been so good. I'm not going to get caught up in the moment of, okay, yes, Saturday sucked, <laughs> but I still have faith in the storyline that it's going to be good going forward. Like I've, they've been so good in the past. They're allowed to have a misstep. You know, to bring it back to the sports conversation, like Patrick Mahomes is so good, he loses one regular season game, you ain't doubting him the next week, right? Like this storyline's been so damn good, one misstep isn't going to. And and to to your point, Jay Hood, like I, I don't know if they just kind of thought that they'd be able to get away with what they did with Sammy because Sammy didn't have any of those matches in the run up either, right? Like he turns on Roman the next pay per view, it's his like first singles match and God knows how long, especially on a pay-per-view for Sammy, but because you were in Montreal, because of the way that you told the story, there were moments where you went, I mean, it's not happening, but you know, there are a couple of moments within the match where, where the Montreal crowd and you sitting on your couch at home believe that, Oh crap, maybe Sammy might actually do this. And the same thing. I mean, they, they did it more traditionally with Cody winning the rumble, building him up to get to mania where you actually thought he would win. Yeah, they they skipped a lot of steps there with Jay and it ended up not working in the end. But in terms of like what's next, like the rumors are in three months at Survivor Series at the Fatal 4-Way. Does that excite you? Because Roman's not losing that match. What's Who's in the 4-Way? The four of them. So Jay, Jimmy, <laughs> Solo, and Roman. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, so that's and- the thing. Like, what else is there to do? Well, as it is, it's it's Jimmy Uso, it's Roman and Solo, and we're going to get a six man tag team match with Jay, Sammy, and Kevin Owens. That's where that's where we're headed. You know, mm-hmm. that's where I feel like we're headed. And it's well, like assuming Kevin gets healthy at some point, and Sammy also. Sammy's hurt now too. Got the bursa sack on the uh, on the elbow. Yeah, that was gruesome, man. Oh, uh, but that was all because of JD McDonough. He did that. Right. So, of all people. Um, <laughs> so I, the, camera, I, the camera lingered a little too long in the bursa sack on the elbow for me on Monday night. I'm like, okay, yeah. we see it, we get it, don't need to see any more of it. Move the camera elsewhere, please. But, but typical bro, it's though. I mean, there you go, everybody. As Eric Collins says, Brian would not last as a fan back in the territory era, yeah, because he could not, he couldn't stand for anything to cook. You're, you're one of these sports entertainment guys, or these, but you're agreeing, guys. Yeah. like. With what's next, like when there's nothing next that excites you, you're agreeing. Like, no, it's no. been great. I've enjoyed it all. It's run its course. There's more. There's more to come. There's more Samoans. They're on their way. <laughs> more Samoans. Yeah. Where in the hell is Rikishi? He's been threatening yeah. on Twitter. Would you come out now? Say something. <laughs> you know? Like, what, where's, where's uh, the Fatu from MLW? Bring him out. There needs mm-hmm. to be more Samoans involved. It can't just be these five guys. There's more. Does Tamina Snuka have a thought? 
Heyman the said it's in the bottom of the third. Like that doesn't excite me. Like he's at the bottom of the third of this storyline. He well, lied. I mean, I saw him. you can't. There's no pitch clock on this at, in, in Heyman's world. At what, at what point? When what world can you believe a word Paul Heyman says? Yeah, he lied. Because I, I think I, they're I, trying to get to Philly. Like that's. I think they're like, well, this is the end. Cody will win next year, or they're still holding out hope that Dwayne's there. Like that's a lot of time until we're in Philadelphia for WrestleMania 40. No, I'm I'm not convinced that Cody's the one. I'm I'm convinced yeah. actually that Cody's not the one. Cody ain't Cody ain't ending it. I still I don't think they that. want Dwayne to be the guy, even if, if it's the champion for a week. It's Dwayne that does it. Well, if Dwayne was going to do it, it would have been this. It should have been this year during the SAG mm-hmm. after strike. Yeah, like he has time now. Go do it. But he's not coming <laughs> with Survivor Series or <laughs> whatever. I don't even know the name of the show. Is in between then and now. <laughs> Payback. Payback. There you go. Payback. That's when the rock returns. In Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like because you gotta have a Labor Day show because AEW's got a Labor Day right. show. So you, just, you gotta put it right there. Payback uh, in Pittsburgh. Uh, like, okay. All right. So, I mean, so but that's but I know Broach, you don't want to hear it, but that's this is where it's headed. Like Cody Roman again in Philadelphia. Like um, if it can't be it can't be Cody. If it ends up being Cody, then they should have ended it at this last mania. Well, I think you yeah. got to move on. Yeah, I think you got to move on off of Cody. Cody's. If it ain't Rock and it ain't Cody, who's getting hot between now and WrestleMania? I think it's Rock. And then what does he do with the title? And... <laughs> Retire. He hands it over know. peacefully to Gunther. He's like, "Sir, I'm good." Here you go. <laughs> I don't. I don't want any of your chops. Here you are, sir. This belongs to you. You know what? You know what? Make sure you clip that. Brian, because Gabe might be onto something. If Rock wins, it's like I can't defend this thing, so I'm going to take this home and, re- and to retire it. That's a great way to ha- end it. You want to end it? Yeah, actually, that's pretty smart. Like that way, you don't have to worry about this anymore, right? Like mm-hmm. you retire the championship, it just goes away off a of TV, and then whoever has Seth's belt is the heavyweight champion. Yep, you can do it that way. Sure, I think that's pretty smart. Actually, that's one way to get rid of this nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great way to end it, too. I I, I agree with that. That's good. What do we got at News and Notes this week, Brian? All right. Fightful Select reporting Bray Wyatt is getting closer to being cleared. Tentative plans are in place. They also add that the illness he's recovering from was both career and life-threatening. I can't get any – I can't get any word on this. This has been airtight. Yeah. I can't – I've I've texted people, and I don't know – um, the severity of the sickness for Bray Wyatt. All I know is we go back to last WrestleMania, he was there but did not perform. So I don't know how serious it is, but I'm glad he's going to be cleared soon. Yeah. At this point, all you care about is the health of the of the person. It seems like he's healthy enough and working his way back. So that's, that's especially if it was life-threatening, yikes. Elsewhere yeah. in the WWE world, news coming out today: Triple H will not be on the new board, be one of the new board members for the TKO Endeavor once the uh, Endeavor and WWE merger comes <laughs> to be. Um, surprising is that not? Does that it makes me feel like his job then as head of creative is not very safe? No, no, I think that means that his job is only head of creative. Like he won't have a say in anything else. Like, which is fine. I mean, maybe he doesn't want to deal with the, you know, the mud of WWE. But you so can't he, feel good about that job security, can you? I mean, it would help if you are a board member because you'd have a say in <laughs> a vote. But yeah. he'd, he'd just be just the creative guy. Which all I think ultimately, as a wrestler, and that's what he is. He's a pro wrestler. That's what he likes. But 
I think he likes the power, not sure. just being in the room, but he likes the power of being in the room. So does that mean Kevin Dunn doesn't have a vote either with this Endeavor deal? Or does, does Stephanie's out? Vince, does he have a vote? I mean, Vince is running the whole thing. Well, there's Dana White and the others. But, that, uh, but didn't they from, from like, wasn't like, wasn't Dana going to have to report to Vince? Like that was part of the initial report. Was it not that whatever the new company was, that Vince was going to be the head of it. Right. And well, remember when we had flair on, we asked him about that. Like Vince having to report to Dana and flair laughed us off that Vince won't have a boss. Like this seems like it's going to go down a wonderful path once it eventually fall- comes through. Oh, you know what? Brandon Thurston for Russell Domics has the list here. And it's, it's some names that we don't know, but the names we do know is Nick Khan, Vince McMahon, Ari Emanuel. And Emanuel, Vince has to report to Ari Emanuel. Right. He's the one that mm-hmm. runs it everything. Dana reports to him in the UFC. There's other names on here. Mark Shapiro. Um, okay. But there's there's a lot of names that, uh, that we don't know. But it, WWE has one more to a point to get to 11. That's what they're, they're trying to get to. But Vince is on the top with Ari Emanuel, Nick Khan, and a few other names. Wow. We retweeted at W underscore wrestling. We talked last week about the Elite Reskying with AEW Wrestling Observer reporting the Young Bucks new deal, the highest guarantee ever for a tag team professional wrestling that's even more than Hall and Nash in WCW. I mean, that's that's how you get those guys to sign as early as they did, right? Like their deals ran through the end of the year, had plenty of time to make the decision. And I know there were a lot of reports out there about with 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 Matt and Nick just saying, hey, you'd be surprised about how much we went back and forth. And like we weren't aligned about where we wanted to be, but ultimately they decided to do the majority rules thing. And well, if you're getting the highest guarantee of all time, pretty easy to see why you would stick with AEW. That is smart business by the Young Bucks because, as we said last week, big-time money for very little work. Yep. (laughs) Once every two weeks, maybe, they're going to be in the ring. And when they're on pay-per-view, you know that they're going to be really good. Um, I'm interested in this matchup with them and FTR. Seems like FTR should win, but I don't know. Uh, But I just know when it's in the ring, it's going to be a banger. But smart business. I'd sign that deal if I don't have to work that hard. I do BTE. I wrestle once every couple of weeks. I do a couple of promos. I'm going back home to California. Awesome. You mentioned that match. Finally, news and notes. Last week, we learned MJF, Adam Cole for the AEW World title at Wembley. We now have four more matches. FTR will defend the tag titles against the Young Bucks. Sheeta defends the women's title in a fatal four-way. Tony Storm will be a part of that. The other two will be either Britt Baker or The Bunny and Soraya or Sky Blue. Guess who's going to win those matches? Yeah, I've we got also- a funny feeling who's going to win. <laughs> yeah. And a couple tag team matches. Darby Allen and Sting take on Swerve and AR Fox in a coffin match. And on the pre-show, the ROH tag titles be on the line. Aussie <laughs> Open defends against Better Than You, Bebe. I mean, I guess the other one that's not official that we talked about earlier as well, but I can't imagine CM Punk yes. says no to Samoa Joe. I, I just don't understand why this um, this pre-show is, is necessary to, to continue to tell the story. Why, 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 yeah. do you need, why do you need MJF and... Um, and Adam Cole to take on the ROH Tag Team Champions. Who are they? What do you say? Aussie, the, Open. Uh, Aussie Open. Why is that? Why do you need that to be able to tie that together? So they wrestle at the beginning of the show and at the end of the show. Why do they have to work so hard? Why do they have to do that? I just don't understand I mean, that. I just I feel like confused. Gabe, you sort of hit that. Like, is that where the turn happens? That's where the turn happens. 
So you, so I guess if there's a turn, it's like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to order the pay-per-view. Oh, now I'm going to order the pay-per-view. There's a turn. Now I got to see the match. Is that it? I guess. I guess. I mean, because, I mean, again, with those two being involved, it's usually when I order the pay-per-view, I don't watch Zero Hour. Don't pay attention to it much because you don't need to. Right. I'm going to have to this time because that's going to have a big implication of what's going to happen later in the night. But, like, are you going to waste that turn on half a crowd? Because there ain't going to be 80,000 there an hour before the show. They're still going to be I don't know, man. It's the UK. It's the UK. They might be. I don't know, man. They're crazy over there. There's bro, it's underestimating AEW. There's a WWE guy right there. Yeah. Yeah, Who shows up that early? Are you sure you don't want my daddy magic shirt? Because you are the epitome (laughs) of sports entertainers. (laughs) He just I I mean, bro, it's that is so down on AEW and they're they're gonna get they've already had more people than WrestleMania three. Yeah, I'm excited for that show. I love Saturdays. Dynamites the last few weeks have been Oh, the collision's a better show. Oh, it is. House of Black for CMFTR this weekend. Let's yeah. go. And then uh, next week on the bot on the lower third, is CM is CM Punk wrestling too much? Want to throw it out there for everyone? I'm not agreeing. Again. <laughs> yes, yes, he is again. But man, I am pumped for that six man. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Is he uh, wrestling too much? But you know, it's good to see him out there. Uh, uh, so the- great. What do you guys have as match of the week this week? Well, this is complicated because yes, there's it a is. lot here. All right. There's a lot. I'll put on the old cheaters here because there's okay. a lot of no down. Okay. So my favorite SummerSlam match was Brock and Cody. Yep. hundred percent with you. hundred percent with you. I, I could not believe watching that, how much I enjoyed it. I yep. loved every second of it. And apparently um, in the uh, post press conference, Hunter said that, Brock putting Cody over with the handshake and raising his hand was unplanned. That that was just a Brock call. He's doing his own thing. That's typical Brock, right? Mm-hmm. Cody so. said he was afraid Brock was going to hit him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fair. yeah. Which is fair. Like that's that, By the way, Brock Lesnar extends his hand. You should be wary that it's going to be a trap. <laughs> so I'll put SummerSlam to the side. That's my favorite match of SummerSlam. Now we get to the three. So I thought that Cody, Seth, and Shinsuke told a great story against the Judgment Day, which uh, Shinsuke turns. I thought that RVD and Jack Perry told a great story because RVD, let me tell you something. You know, we talk about bringing wrestlers back to you know to get the young talent over. I don't have I have no problem with RVD coming coming to AEW every quarter to have a match. He could still go. Mm-hmm. That big leg drop he put on Jack Perry, where Jack Perry was. <laughs> Yeah, over the barrier. That oh. big log of a leg. Oh. Of he killed Jack Perry. Good, good on Jack for just wearing that. My God. Here's a match here that I know that's going to surprise everybody. This is right up Broads' alley. But the match of the week is best friends against Blackpool Combat Club. Yes, parking lot, bro. Let's go, Jay Hood. Yeah, best man. friends in it. You've uh, been very down on those two. It was the match of the week. And, and you so you got to give the people what they want. It was so special in so many ways. First of all, Shivani comes back to play by play and he's doing it with, with Paul White. And I'm like, what's going on here? He's calling it, right? They destroyed Sue's van. Okay. That was crazy. The, the Death Rider through the windshield by John oh. Watson. Like, what? What is going on here? Like, 
I, I just thought that that was just amazing. You're starting a fire. First of all, Chuck Taylor, he's over with me now because he's siphoned gas. Siphon gas, <laughs> sucking gas, getting a, a hose, sucking the gas out so he could put gas on a on a barbed wire two by four and setting it on fire. Yeah, how nuts is that? <laughs> Pretty good. Match of the week from I, Rampage. The match wow. of the week is yeah, from Rampage. Rampage. <laughs> I shockingly didn't have that one. Like it was good, but I Cody and Brock. I had RVD versus Jungle Boy. The other one I put the Fatal Four Way from Monday. Mm-hmm. The number one contender for the IC title, Chad Gable, Champa, Ricochet, Riddle. Just letting those four guys wrestle because, well, that's what they do. Like, that was a damn entertaining match. Yeah. I mean, they had so many great, um, like, combinations of one move, then yes. another wrestler came in to do a different move. Like, the, just the way they kept constantly kept the action going into the Fatal 4-Way. I had that um, as my number two. Parking lot was number one. Lesnar Rhodes was three. Um, in honorable mention, I put RVD just because, like, there were a couple of times when RVD, you, you knew he wanted to stand on that top rope just a little bit yeah. longer, but I feel like the D on the <laughs> RVD was as he was starting to fall, so he had to get into the five-star frog splash. But So there were, you know, a couple of things where, but again, for a guy that is old as he is, for him to still be able to pull out all the nostalgic spots and still be creative, I mean, one of the most creative offensive wrestling minds we think we've ever seen, and, and he was able to continue with some of that freedom in AEW. And also I enjoyed Drew and, and Gunter at SummerSlam just – to quote, to quote Big E, it's just big meaty men slapping me. You know, like you get you get Gunter and just allow him to be physical with someone. Like I'm I'm entertained by it. So I've I, I decided to throw that in the honorable mention um, of one of the ones at SummerSlam I enjoyed. It's too bad that um, Drew McIntyre is Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't see what the end game is there. Holy cow! I mean, so he's never going to get over. He's right. never going to win a big match again. Like this is it. It's who he is. He's Dolph. Yeah. Come on. Which now. is again, it's a shame. It's it's you know, AEW was able to part of it because of injuries when with kind of giving Moxley that second oppor- second, third, whatever opportunities with the AEW world championship, but he was the world champion mostly during their pandemic era. And their women's champion, they're now giving her a second chance with fan- with fans in the stands. It's a shame they can't find a way to get Drew McIntyre that second opportunity since he did such a great job carrying them uh, through a lot of the pandemic stuff, especially because Roman was gone for such a large chunk of it in the Thunderdome era. It's a shame they haven't been able to allow that to pay off. It's a bummer. This has been fun. So much wrestling. (laughs) So much wrestling. We got nostalgia acts like the Hardys and RVD. We got we got Browitz is showing his true Cena sports <laughs> entertainment colors because he just can't stand long time storytelling. Can't, we got, we got can't wait till he shows up with the hat and the the you yeah. know he's gonna have he's the, the armbands. It's unbelievable. Fruity Pebbles T-shirt. What a show we've had. <laughs> certainly been that. But we're continuing to build so many other things to continue to keep an eye on SmackDown tomorrow night, the build for All In and All Out in AEW. You know, the place to talk about it is right here next week on GKW.